0: And we know you're gonna be transformed by the words that are getting ready to come out of her mouth. The one and only, Dr. Cindy Trim. You're having a fantastic time. The Spirit of the Lord is here. We have had a time of worship, and now it's the time for the Word of the Lord. Let's pray and ask God to bless our time together. Our Father and our God, we give you praise and honor and glory. We are honored from everlasting to everlasting to call you our God. You are the same today, yesterday, forever. There's nothing about you that, that changes. Uh, however, we are the ones that change, and we're able to see you from different uh, perspectives, and you have given us even permission. To call you our Heavenly Father, for which we are grateful. I pray, Father, that even as we are delving into the subject of the attitudes or beatitudes um, and speaking about the blessed life. I thank you, Father, for filling my lips with wisdom, filling my heart and mind with revelation, that it'll be less of me and and all of you, and that, Father, you would think through my mind, speak through my lips. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 We're so excited. Take out your Bibles. And we are are, are on our brand new series entitled The Blessed Life. And those of you that have been following us um, and those of you that are just starting to follow us, we want you to encourage you to go online and pick up a copy of this series, the entire series, Spiritual Maturation, spiritual maturation the Eight Stages of Spiritual Maturation. But we're talking about the blessed life, and we established um, in our teaching previous to this that the word blessed can easily be synonymous with the same word as favor and happy and healthy and privileged, esteemed, honored, and amiable. And this is incredible. When you talk about being blessed, we are talking about the blesser, our heavenly father. And the scripture says, blessed be the God of our father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Now for us to be able to attain to that place where we are actually manifesting the blessing, it's going to take and as a specific mindset. So when we talk about the Beatitudes, it's a mindset. It's a mindset, a mentality that is kingdom oriented. And when we talk about the message of the kingdom, the message of the kingdom is a message of empowerment that gives meaning, hope, dignity, and purpose. And it's not just preached for believers, it's preached to all humanity. And just imagine if the whole world had the attitude of Christ, the mentality, the mindset, even the paradigm of Christ. We will not have the wars that we are having. We will not have the mur- murders that we would have and this is why the packaging of our most precious um, uh, message to the world is important again this message is not just preached to believers it's preached to individuals that are created in the likeness and after the image of god or in the image and after the likeness of god and that's all humanity all Homo sapiens All of us that call ourselves human beings, we should have Jesus Christ as our model, and not only our model, our Lord, as well as our Savior. But in the event that there is an individual that does not know Jesus as their Savior, let me introduce you to him tonight and and, and invite you to to, uh, a, a, a dynamic relationship that you can establish with Jesus Christ as your Lord. Now, the Beatitudes is written in the book of Matthew chapter 5 verses 1 to 12. These are 12 declarations that were made as Jesus took his disciples to the mountaintop and it's made up of two words, two, two compound words, be and attitude. Be has to do with the occurrence of something, or the existence of something, or something being situated—it's a position of something, or being able to stay something that has stay-staying power, lasting power. It means that your blessed life doesn't have to dissipate. It means that you could be blessed on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday and then January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, (laughs) October, November, December. You could be blessed in the middle of um, a a great economy. You could be blessed in the middle of a recession. That blessed life is not dictated to by something that is external. It's dictated to by some that is internal, and that is your attitude. The scripture says in Philippians 2 and 5, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. That viewpoint, that perspective, that paradigm, that faculty of consciousness, Thought, the way that you settle in your thinking, your feeling about something or towards something. It's your idea that you keep in, the opinions, your orientation, your approach to life. When we talk about the beatitudes, it's your inclination and the position that you have in Christ Jesus. Everything is 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 um, you know is a part or an integral part of that word attitude. And we we learn that just about everything in life rises. And falls an attitude. And we also learned that the Beatitude takes Philippians 4 6 to 9 to another level. And that was our first teaching where we began to delve into the Beatitudes only to give you a synopsis before we take each one of the declarations, which we call the Beatitudes, and take each one and we delve into it as a standalone teaching. Uh, in our last lesson, we talked about the first declaration or the first uh, Beatitude being blessed. Blessed are you poor that are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And uh, the kingdom of God is different from the kingdom of heaven. They're not interchangeably. But the kingdom of heaven is God's rule through man in the earth realm. And then the kingdom of God is God's rule over all of his creation. God has bequeathed the earth to us. And the state of the earth is predicated on the state of a human being. And the more we are able to fix the the human being, we're able to fix the world. So the world doesn't need fixing. Human beings do. And once we get the, the man right, once we get humanity, Right, then the world will flow accordingly. The Bible said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This does not speak to you, taking a vow of poverty. It is your declaration of dependence upon God as your benefactor. And we learn that he's your provider, your supplier, that heaven never ever is depleted based on the demands and the needs of men. You can ask what you will and it shall be done. In fact, we're encouraged to ask. Keep on asking keep on seeking, keep on knocking. A lot of people make a a declaration of independence from God, and they call themselves atheists or even agnostics. There are um, humanists that believe that everything is predicated on what you do. But even if it was, the very very air that you breathe is provided by God. So if he decides that he's not going to turn on the air valve tomorrow, we're all going to die. So we are dependent on God. But your declaration of dependence uh, determines where your life flows and where your life goes. I believe God. I depend on you. I'm trusting you, God. Every morning you wake up, you can say that I trust you, God, that no matter what happens, all things are going to work together for good. When you become a heaven's bene, uh, beneficiary, you can become earth's benefactor. And that's what God wants for each one of us that we'll be able to give to the widows and the orphans and those that will never be able to return the favor. And we want to be not only uh, one that is a recipient, but God said that if you obey me, these blessings shall, shall come upon you. You're going to lend to many nations and you shall not borrow. You're going to be the head and not the tail, first and not last, above only, and not beneath. In other words, God is going to make sure that if you are employed, that you're going to work in the best best uh uh, jobs in the industry and not the worst you know he does not want you living just about broke that's what a job is joyless occupational burden but when the beatitudes is speaking (laughs) when we speak Be attitudes It's the attitude That you're gonna take, No matter what The circumstances No matter what The situation You know That you're gonna be Favored You're gonna be Happy You're gonna be Healthy You're gonna be Privileged You're gonna be Esteemed You're gonna be Honored And you're gonna Be enviable Just imagine What will happen To your mind Your emotions If every day You woke up And no matter What is happening To you You know That at the end Of the day You are still Gonna be favored You are still Gonna be happy You are still going to be healthy. You're going to be privileged. You're going to be esteemed. You're going to be honored and you're going to be enviable. People are going to look at you and wish they were you. Amen. As you give God the glory. And it's all to bring God glory. And if you knew that this was the, the the intention of these these nine clauses, these nine declarations that Jesus was making over the disciples' life, those that may expended the energy to sit at his feet and to learn of him. The second of the declarations that were made as benedictions or a cla- or a statement of 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 blessing that was placed upon the learned or the disciples was, is found in verse number four. And it opens up, and this is where I ended on my last teaching. The second uh, of the benediction, the second clause, the second declaration, the second benediction that was placed upon the disciples um, is blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. And so, you know, it, it almost seems as if this can't happen. You know, if God is saying blessed when you mourn and you're going to be comforted, favored, happy, healthy, privileged, esteemed, honored and enviable when you mourn because you're going to be comforted. That almost seems as if it's an oxymoron, wow. happy when you're and so what does that mean? If you would turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 3 to 7. The Bible said, "Blessed be the God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us" In all our tribulations that we may be able to comfort them which are in trouble for the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounded by Christ and whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation which is effectual in the enduring of the same suffering which we also suffered or whether we be comforted it is for your consolation and salvation and our hope of you is steadfast knowing that as you are partakers of the suffering, so shall you also be of the consolation. Now, this is interesting. Again, it almost seems like it's um, uh, an, an oxymoron, um, something a statement that it means something that is opposite, but it's not. There were two scriptures that immediately come to my mind when I read this scripture, Philippians 1.21 and Galatians 2, 20, 21, and it's the law of opposite effect. So this particular clause or this particular beatitude or this particular blessing is 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 highlighting a spiritual law called the law of opposite effect. fact. Paul said for me to live is Christ to die is gain. Galatians 2:2021 20, I am crucified with Christ nevertheless I live yet not I but Christ liveth in me and the life that I now live in the flesh I live by the faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me I do not frustrate the grace of God for if righteousness come by the Lord then Christ is dead in vain so this is the law of opposite effect and it's interesting because when we mourn we mourn because of a loss we have lost something. And this is what God is saying. In the midst of your loss, I'm going to comfort you. Why is this important? Because there are going to be people whose lives are predicated on you receiving this comfort. Wow. There are unsaved individuals that are relying on us making it through. Because they're going to say, if God can take that Christian through, it don't make sense me being a Christian because I'm not going to be able to go through. Wow. And if God can can heal them, why would I want to be a Christian? So he's saying when you receive consolation, those that are observing your life are going to be consoled as well. And if I if you receive the hope from God in the midst of your situation, the peace that passes all understanding, your brothers that are not saved, your sisters that are not saved, your co-workers that are not saved can then say, if God could do it for them, God could do it for me. You see how that works? Yeah. So in you receiving the consolation and you receiving the, the, the healing and you receiving the, the support of God in the midst of your greatest hurt, in the midst of your greatest loss, there are people that are watching that's going to receive the same consolation. And the question is, can God trust you in the midst of your greatest loss? Wow. It's the law of opposite effect. Although you are dying. There are other people that are going to gain life as he takes you through your hardest of tribulations. So he says that you're going to be blessed, favored, happy, because God is going to be able to use you to encourage others as you receive encouragement for yourself. For me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Why? The law of opposite effect would work. Although you're going through, someone else is going to be pulled through as a result of your testimony. The third of the beatitude is another clause that says blessed. And again, we can, we can substitute that word for with the word favored, happy, healthy, privileged, esteemed, honored, and enviable. Can you imagine waking up every morning and just using that one word, I'm blessed. How you doing? Blessed. (laughs) And you know what you're releasing out in the atmosphere? You know what you're establishing? You know what you are speaking into the womb of your day? You know what you are saying? That no matter what I'm confronted with, I'm going to be favored. (laughs) No matter what happens at the end of the day, I'm going to be blessed going out. But at the end of the day, Ain't nobody going to bust my balloon. It's not going to rain on my parade. No matter what that demon possessed supervisor does on the job. When I'm going home, when I get home, I'm going to be stress free because I'm going to be happy and I'm going to be healthy and I'm going to be privileged. Let me tell you something. If you take these beatitudes to heart, you will never suffer from stress related illnesses. Because a lot of people right now are suffering from what? Stress-related. When you live the blessed life, guess what? You are stress-free. You are drama-free. You are drug-free. You are uh, discouragement-free. You are depression-free. You are debt-free. Who's going to be stressed when you are blessed and you're debt-free, drama-free, disease-free, depression-free? Are you getting this? The third declaration, blessed, favored, happy, healthy, privileged, esteemed, honored, and enviable are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, Numbers 12 and 3, if you would turn there with me, please. The Bible said, now the man Moses was was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. Now, this scripture speaks to the outward manifestation of our humility or humbleness. Now, meekness... Has nothing to do with you just saying, oh, I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not that great. To God be the glory. You look nice. To God be the glory. You lost weight. To God be the glory. Learn how to say thank you. That dress looks good. This old dress, I've had it for 15 years. It looks good. Can you say thank you? You see, false humility is on the other end of the continuum of pride. You see, I learned because I used to say, you know, I helped a lot of people, but I used to say, I don't want anybody to help me. Nobody's going to say that they made me this and they made me that. And so if a person wanted to do something for me, I would say, no, thank you. That's okay. I could do it myself. And God said, Cindy, that is pride. See, that's false humility. We are not talking about false humility. We're not talking about when God bless you with a gift and you're the best in the industry. You say, I'm not that good because now you're lying on God. If he made you the best in the industry, yes, I'm good. But to God be the glory. Don't lie. If you're the best in the industry, say I'm the best in the industry. I could be the worst, but to God be the glory. Now, one of the reasons why I'm talking like this is because a lot of people think meekness means that you're a doormat or letting someone treat you anyway in a certain matter or reduce you to being a non entity. And you call yourself meek. Moses was far from being a non entity. Instead it speaks to you knowing that if you had, if it had not been for the Lord on your side, it humbles you to know that you are privileged by God and it's not of your works. Your humility says this. This is what humility says. I'm blessed, but my blessing comes from God. I'm gifted, but my telling comes from God. My righteousness comes from God. All of my righteousness are a filthy rag. My strength comes from God. It's not a denial that you are strong, but when you are meek, blessed are ye who are meek, the Bible said, for they shall inherit the earth. In other words, when you are meek, you know where your blessing come from. Yeah. You know where the opportunity come from. Are you with me? Yeah. And you're able to say, I'm blessed, but to God give the, to God be the glory. Because if it had not been for the Lord on my side. So it's not a denial of who you are. Look, if someone says you're beautiful, you better say thank you. Are you with me? Because you could have got an ugly gene from your daddy. <laughs> Are you with me? But you got a beautiful gene. Don't don't don't. It's not false humility. You are not serving God, playing it small, playing it dumb, wow. acting as if you don't. You're not strong. It, it, you know, uh, depressing your own personality. If you're a leader, lead. I was talking to someone the other day, last night, and I said, I'm a leader. And I'm not going to delay it. And even if a person puts me in the back of the line, that line is getting ready to shift and go in the other direction. Are you with me? Because I'm a leader. To God, give, to God be the glory. I'm not, a flaw- I'm not a follower. I'm a leader. And I'm good at what I do. Now, I'm not good at what I don't do. Don't ask me to bake. Don't ask me to bake. <clears throat> it might start out like a cake on a diagram, on a picture, it looks like a cake on a picture. But I promise you, by the time I finish it, it's going to look like a pie. <laughs> so I'm good at what I do. Don't ask me to do hair now. If, if I got my cosmetology license and the first time someone said, well, could you fix this? Look, you could get up out of my chair. Ah, You are going to walk out of here with half your hair up here and half your hair down here. It's a new style. I just created it. But there are some people that are very gifted. You know, you, some, some of you are very picky. Could you fix this and could you fix that? And can you make my hair look like Beyonce? Well, I'm going to try. But right now, you only have two inches on the top of your hair. Beyonce has about 20. <laughs> but I'm going to try. I'm going to blow it out. You know, there's some <laughs> there are some hairdressers that are good, right? They're so good. <laughs> are you with me? <laughs> and they walk up well, my hair doesn't look like Beyoncé. Well, you know, you only bought me a 2-inch weave. She has a 23-inch, 24 inches all the way down her back. The next time you go, now there are some things I don't have patience for for in in a hair salon. You know, my 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 hair stylist is here. And you know, I'm always like, do this and do this. now you know I'm not they hear Now, I think if you do this and you put it over here, you put it over there. And she's so kind. Yes, Dr. Trim. Yes, Dr. Trim. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. But yes, she's doing whatever she wants to do. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Well, 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 well Gayla, don't you think? Yes, ma'am. And she's all kind. Yes, ma'am. And then I fall asleep. Are you finished? Yes, ma'am. Does it look good? Yes, ma'am. But she hasn't done a thing that I told her to do. Why? Because I'm not the hairstylist. She is. She is good at what she does. She's good at it. Are you with me? But me, if you, if I, I would only have one client. <laughs> Probably my mother. <laughs> Nobody else will come. Don't go to that lady because she's just going to get you out of the chair. You know, all the water be spraying. And, and you know how you lay back and the water be spraying? You'll you be like, <laughs> ma'am, I'm choking now. You're choking because you're talking. Close your mouth. But no, no, ma'am, I'm actually breath- breathing the water in my nose because <laughs> I can't hold that hose. Have you ever tried to hold the hose? And it's got a lot of power, right, honey? They'll be all wet. I, I would say, here by Cindy, or here we are. Bring your bathing suit with you. (laughs) You are going to be wet. But when God gifts you and you hone your skills, and people say you're good at what you do, it's okay to say thank you. Not, I'm not that good. Because when you say you're not that good, you oh are God. saying God made me inferior. Oh my God. But meekness has nothing to do with you not acknowledging what God has done for you. But it's acknowledging the source of it. Yes. Do you see that? Yes. I'm strong, but I'm strong because of God. Amen. I'm blessed, yes. but I'm blessed because of God. Yes. Blessed are the meek. For they shall inherit the earth. That's all recognizing where your blessing comes from. Number four, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. In other words, they should live a fulfilled life. There are so many people that live that don't feel any sense of fulfillment. They get married, they're not fulfilled. They get a degree, they're not fulfilled. They drive a luxury car, they're not fulfilled. They go on, you know, uh, these exquisite uh, vacations, they're not fulfilled. They don't have a fulfilled life. But yet, there are some people that live in shanties. And and they have just enough to feed themselves and children. And you visit with them. And they're the happiest people in the world. I was in Namibia. This is a country in Africa. And I went to see, you know, the the, the women that have um, red skin from the clay they put on, and then they have the hair that's full of mud, the red clay mud, and they have that hair and they're clothed from the waist down, but from the waist up, they're not. Those are the women from out of Namibia. And an opportunity to meet them, beautiful people. I didn't speak their language. We had an interpreter but in talking to them they they usually don't do too much with foreigners they're very kind but i went to buy something for them and they had a child the child didn't have any clothes on and when the child you know pooped they let the child pooped and they wiped the butt on their leg and then they took uh, um, like a leaf and scraped it off of their leg and threw it away. And the child just played. And I thought, wow, I'd like to give them some diapers, you know, and, and all of that stuff. So when we were talking and I got to a, a chance to meet them and we became friends and I visited them every single day and I used to take fruit to them and I got to understand their culture and their front teeth, the women's front teeth were knocked out, all of them. And they had children. And they said to my assistant, um, where do you live? She said, I, I live in the States. And uh, are you married? No. She, they said, oh, that's so sad. We sorry. <laughs> then they said, do you have any children? She said, no. They said, oh, we so sad. Take my son. I have another. Oh, wow. Then they said, why you don't have your teeth knocked out? It's a sign of beauty. You have your teeth in. And it's a sign of ugliness. Then they gave us from out of what they had. They just kept giving. They took the the resin and they put it on my skin. Then they hugged me. Then um, they gave me all kinds of gifts. And I was giving them money with tips. They said, no, we don't need money. We're not here selling to make money. We have everything we need. We have family. And so where we consider fulfillment based on a big house and driving in a luxury car and being able to wear whatever you want, that is not fulfillment. Fulfillment is the happiness of family. Fulfillment is health. Fulfillment is being raised in a safe environment. And this is what this means. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness. That your appetite, your drive should not be for more things. Because remember the first beatitude says, your heavenly father knows that you need. So you don't have to aspire to acquire. God will bring it to you. He said, you are going to be blessed, happy, privileged, esteemed, honored, enviable. He said, when you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you make eating my word, drinking the milk of the word, being sustained. My meat is to do the will of the father that you hunger and thirst after righteousness, after right living. And this is what he said. You're going to be filled or you're going to live a fulfilled life having a sense of purpose, having a sense of destiny, being fulfilled. This is what Paul said. I have learned whatever state that I'm in, wherewith to be content. Why? Because my pursuit of happiness is not based on what I have here, but who I have here. This, this beatitude addresses the issue of priority. All of our human appetites are given by God. Our desires are broad. But God is instructing us to make righteousness our priority. Seek you first the kingdom of God and all of its righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Make that your priority. Like starving people looking for food to satisfy a thirst and to satisfy a hunger. Like thirsty people looking for water, quench their thirst in the same way. Pursue righteousness because it's the only thing that satisfy the longing of the spirit and of the soul. Number five, blessed, favored, happy, healthy, privileged, esteemed, honored and enviable. I just like that. <laughs> I'm honored. I'm enviable. Can you imagine you walking through the streets and everybody says, I want to be like him. But here's a Christian. I want to be like him. You see how happy he is. You see his family. You see his marriage. I want to be like him. And God wants you to be his representative. To represent him in the earth. Because some Christians have done a bad job. We get less than an admirable pass. Less than. We don't even get an honorable mention. God wants to give you an honorable mention. He said that you're blessed if you make my righteousness. Pursue it like a hungry person pursues food and a thirsty person pursues water. And you'll be fulfilled. Number five, blessed are the merciful for they shall be shown mercy. This benediction operates by the law of reaping and so on. It speaks to compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within our power. Listen to this to punish or to get revenge or to, to withdraw our affection. It occurs in such a way that it prevents something unpleasant to happen to someone that deserve it happens to them. It's being able to give relief from those that are suffering. And this type of mercy doesn't begin with you. It begins with God. Lamentations 3, 22, 23 says, It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed, but because of his compassion it fails not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Blessed are those that are merciful, for they shall show mercy. You know, when it's in your power to hate someone that hates you, and you show mercy to them or to dislike someone or to diss someone or to turn your back on someone. He said, you're going to be a live a happy life. If you turn, and you become merciful to that person. You kill my cat, but I'm not going to kill your dog. It's within my power to do it. You slap my face. I'm going to turn the other cheek. The other cheek is going to be yours. It ain't going to be mine. I'm going to turn it. God said, don't. <laughs> wham (laughs) you're the other God is saying not to turn the other as in that person but turn your cheek turn your other cheek and then show mercy to that one that means that you're able to show love towards the unlovable bless other mercy you know a lot of us have been offended hurt abandoned bruised disappointed by people Some of them are your family members. And harboring stuff in your heart is the hardest thing. The disciples said, okay, so if I'm going to show mercy. If I'm going to forgive, I'm going to turn the other cheek. Lord, (laughs) we believe help our unbelief. How often shall we do it? And Jesus said 70 times 7. You can imagine Peter. That had to come from Peter's mouth. How often you want us to do it? Because we can handle this. Now one is fine, two is fine, but three, that's too much. I'm going for it. 70 times seven, what does that look like? Let me give you my testimony. I had a very, very good friend and loyalty is very important to me. And that friend that I thought I would boast on this friend would never betray me was the person that betrayed me. Now, I've never hated a person before But I was close to hating them. And every time I saw them, I just wanted to um, slap them, choke them, hope that they would stop breathing, stuff 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 them somewhere. And if God said, you know, did you kill them? I would have said, well, they were wounded for my transgression. They were bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon them. And by my stripes, they were killed. I mean, healed. <laughs> have you ever had so much anger towards a person? I'm no, I know I'm not the only one. That's real. That's real. That you didn't want to kill them, but you wanted them to die. Yes, real. Anybody beside me. That is the hardest time to show mercy. The hardest time. And when they walked in the room, I walked out. And when they spoke to me, I acted like I didn't hear them. They were over it. Let me tell you what unforgiveness and bitterness does. What it does, it's like drinking acid and wanting the other person to be killed by it. You're destroying yourself. And so what I did, you know, Dr. Trim, how did, you, how did you deal with it? How did you end up showing mercy to that person? I'm going give, to give you my whole testimony. How did you show mercy? It took me three and a half years. And every day I woke up, I started to send blessing to them. Lord, bless them. And I had to do it. Every time a picture of them came up in my mind and my heart, you know that feeling that you feel? Or someone mentioned their name and your eyeballs roll. <laughs> Are you with me? You don't want to hear their name. You don't want to hear their name. You don't want to think of them. But the Holy Spirit taught me. He said whenever a picture of them shows up or someone mentions their name and you get that feeling, you still have not forgiven them. And you still cannot show mercy to them. I remember hearing news that they were sick and I said they deserve it. Because it's the law of seed, time, and harvest. And God said, imagine people doing that to you, Cindy. Rejoicing over your demise. You wouldn't want to happen. I said, no, I don't. But they deserve it. And I'm having this conversation with God. And nobody in the world knew. Because when I saw them, I smiled. Hi, how are you doing? Great. And in the back of my mind, I had daggers just going straight through their heart. I never knew that I could be subject to that amount of feeling towards a person until it happened to me. It's one thing to preach it. It's yet another thing to walk through it. And so every morning when I had an image of them coming, I said, Lord, bless them. Lord, keep them. Lord, give them favor. Whatever they're working on, give them uh, prosper them. And then I would say this word, I release you from my heart. Yes. And then when their face would come up again, I would ask God bless them, keep them, anoint them. I release you from my, my heart. And I would have to call their name out. I call their name out. I release them. They, they, it used to come up every day. Then I noticed once a week. Then I noticed once a month. And then one time I looked, they hadn't come up for a whole six months. And the next time I saw them, I hugged them, I asked them, and I had no animosity. You know, all those daggers that I wanted to, you know, throw at them. There was nothing there. I was sincere about their future, their family. I wanted them to succeed. I was happy and I was surprised how happy I was that they were doing well. And it took all those years of me doing it every day. Seventy times seven simply means every time they show up and you get that feeling, ask God, release them from my heart and speak well of them. Never speak bad of them. The Bible said, bless them and curse them not. Because if you curse them, the curse has to flow through you to get to them. So in blessing them, you are blessing yourself. How many of you would say right now, Dr. Trim, I have someone, they don't just visit my heart and my spirit, they live in it. How many of you would say that today? Let's take a few minutes and ask God to give you the strength to bless you so that you could be merciful, so that mercy can be shown to you. You see, we always talk about people hurting us, but when we hurt them, we call it a mistake. But when they hurt us, it's a travesty, it's a sin, it's evil. We have, we have a double standard. We want people to understand that we made a mistake, but we can't understand them. The way you want to be treated, you treat others. How many of you can think of somebody? Put your hand up. Dr. Tram, I could think of somebody. How many of you have ever experienced it and now you're over it? Hallelujah! How many of you have one or two you still got to get over? Hallelujah! <laughs> it happens in families. It happens with parents. There are so many people that don't speak to their parents. They don't want to have nothing. And they say, it, I don't want to have nothing to do with him. If he calls, I wish he was dead. I don't want to have nothing to do with her. Have you ever said that? I don't have nothing to do with him. I don't have nothing to do with her. Someone that hurt you. Since since, since you are not the one. I'm talking to the person on your left and right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's easier to point out. Mm. You see, let me tell you something. God loves truth in the inward part. And if he can expose it, it will never become a spiritual cancer. You'll never be eaten alive. I never knew I could hate someone like that. I never knew it. See, people don't admit it. I have full integrity. If you stop lying to yourself, you'll live a blessed life. I'm telling you. God can hook you up. You see, God is not afraid of those feelings because that's all it is, is a feeling. But what you don't want it to become, you don't want it to become a way of life. Father, give us the strength. To show mercy. You showed mercy to us. Lamentation said, it is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. Because it's compassion they fail not. You're not asking us to show mercy by working it up ourselves. You said there is mercy new every morning. And every morning we awaken until one day that person is no longer sitting in our heart. We no longer want to murder him and throw daggers at him. I wish they, you'd never met him. Until that happens every day, give us mercy, release mercy, dispense mercy, because of your faithfulness, we will be faithful to this. Let me give you the last three. Last three, blessed, favored, happy, healthy, privileged, esteemed, honored, and enviable. That's who you are. In the midst of your circumstances. Because you're going to surmount the thing that depresses and oppresses and beats people down. You're going to surmount it over. Because the Beatitudes don't say these things are not going to happen to you. What it is saying is you will not be a victim of circumstance. Blessed are the pure and hard, for they shall see God. How can we live with uh, uncontaminated conscience? That's what this is talking about. The pure and hard. Are people that whose conscience is not contaminated? If you find the secret recipe, you will begin to see God at work. First Timothy 1 and 5 said, Now the end of the commandment is charity, out of a pure heart and a good conscience and a faith unfeigned. So that means that if you go into something with a pure heart, you're gonna see God at work. The Bible said, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our heart sprinkled from an evil conscience and our body washed with, wash with pure water. Let, let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering. Now, this reminds me of uh, Joseph. Joseph's brother, his boss, his cousins, the industry he was working in. People forgot him. But at the end of the day, no matter where he was, He saw God work on his behalf. Although they threw him and he was a slave, the Bible said that God was with him. And he saw God work until he prospered there. He saw God work in the prison until he prospered in the prison. And then he comes out as an ex-convict to be the second in command. The prime minister. Of a, a nation that, that he single-handedly turned into the superpower of its day. He said, look, you meant it for evil. But that didn't affect me. <laughs> it, wasn't, it, it had nothing to do with what you were doing outside. What you were doing was pushing me yes. into a place in God. Yes. Yes. He said, I'm in a, the place of God. You meant it for evil. Yes. You're going to see God. You're going to see God in all people. You're going to see God in all things. You're going to see God in all situations. A lot of times we're blinded. We're blinded by hurt. And we're blinded by the circumstances and we're blinded by disappointment. You're going to see God. It was the disciples that said, that's a ghost. Jesus said, no, you are in the middle of the storm, but I'm going to show you how to walk through the storm. They saw Jesus. Are you with me? Yes. Blessed are you? And I like this. When you've got a good conscience, you could go into everything with a healthy conscience, an uncontaminated conscience. You let other people's conscience bother them, but your conscience will never bother you. And he said you're going to see God blessed. Number seven, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. Now people will call you son of something else. (laughs) But God said they'll never part their lips to call you anything other than a son of God. Now, I like that. He said, just make peace. Peace begins with Jesus. He's the Prince of Peace. So if you have a relationship with Jesus, it doesn't matter who has a relationship with you. You are connected to the author and finisher of peace, and that's Jesus Christ. You've got to make peace with God. Then you've got to make peace with yourself, and then make peace with others. Let not your heart be troubled. John fourteen seventeen, let John fourteen one and twenty seven. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He said, "Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Peace means that nothing frazzles you. It is what it is. It ain't what it ain't." <laughs> That's it. It is what it is. It ain't what it ain't. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm at peace with it. It's okay. I'm at peace with it. Because it's going to work together for good. Either way. I look back in my life and things that I thought were so disastrous. Uh, uh, wisdom is hindsight. 2020, um, uh, you see 2020. And vision, 2020 is hindsight. So I could look back on my life with wisdom to see All those times when I thought circumstances were taking me away from the will of God. They were actually redirecting me around disaster that brought me into the will of God. And I can only say that was with wisdom. When I look back, like, oh, my God, you mean to tell me God was in all of that? He was in all of that? So that means that you are going to be blessed and happy. May you figure out God in His sovereignty could have prevented it, however, in His sovereignty He allowed it to happen because He knew that He was going to get mileage out of it. He's going to get mileage out of it. When they threw the, 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 uh, Daniel into the lion's den, what? He came out leading the pack. Are you with me? He came out leading the pack. God got mileage out of it. When he comes out, the king said, all of this realm is going to have to worship the God of Daniel. And by the way, Daniel, I'm going to give you this and I'm going to promote you and you're going to have wealth. There are some things we are praying away when in the sovereignty of God, God says, Turn the heat up seven times more. Because I'm the hidden figure. You may not see him, but you won't see him at work until the fire is turned up seven times more. Are you following me? So while you're there, happy, healthy, envious. I'm privileged. And God, at the end of the day, they're going to look up to me. They may be looking down at me now, but they're going to esteem me because of my attitude. Number eight, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We live in a world characterized by persecution. The second Timothy 5 and 12 says, "Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. James 1 and 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive a crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Romans 8, 35 to 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Watch this. This is your tribulation. Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? For it is written, We are killed all the day long. We are counted for sheep as a slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than a conqueror through him that love him. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature. Watch this. I just named 17 things that cannot Separate you from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. This is 2017, darling. (laughs) None of those things in 2017 is going to prosper because none of them are going to separate you from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. You are blessed when you are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Now, if you're being persecuted, And you've been unrighteous, don't be hollering, I'm blessed. Get yourself to the altar. (laughs) But if you're living right and you're persecuted, God says, you're going to surmount the persecution. Because the scripture says, it says something, that if you suffer, all of us are going to suffer. But if you leave your mother and father and sister and brother And then you suffer persecution. He said, you're going to gain much more in this life and in the life to come, eternal life. Number nine and our final one, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. God is saying, just quit the controversy. (laughs) Don't give into it. Don't cry. Don't slam them back with Twitters. (laughs) Don't defend yourself on Facebook. Let them flap their lips. Because they're going to turn around. And you're going to be favored. You're going to be happy. You're going to be healthy. You're going to be privileged. You're going to be esteemed. You're going to be honored and amiable. He said, rejoice and be glad. Because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This beatitude, the final one, number nine, this beatitude speaks to the pain that comes with being stigmatized and brutalized and ostracized and gossiped about and lied on and framed and set up and slandered and misrepresented and falsely accused. One of the things that God said, he promised you houses and land, so many more blessings, if you could just take it. Where you are able to say, instead of why me, you're able to say, try me. Oh. Mark 10, 29 to 30 says, and Jesus answered and said, verily I say unto you, there is no man that has left house or brethren or sisters or fathers or mothers or wives or children or land for my sake. There are some people who are believers that have to leave their home because the rest of their family are are." are a different faith, and they persecute them. Some people have to leave their husbands, leave their mothers, leave their sisters, leave their fathers, leave their wives because of the persecution that they experience in these relationships that should bring so much joy, is bringing so much pain. And and, and God says, if you don't back down and you do these things for the gospel, he said, you are going to receive a hundredfold now. In this time. You know, there's a song. I got a shoe. You got a shoe. All God's children got a shoe. When we get to heaven, all of us are going to get shoes. No, I want my shoe when I'm here in the earth. (laughs) Why you get a shoe and I don't get a shoe. (laughs) I'm waiting to heaven. God said, you're going to receive a hundredfold now in this time. Houses, brethren, sisters, mothers, children. And lands, watch this, with persecution. So, as you're being persecuted, whistle Dixie all the way to the bank. Sign those title deeds right over. The houses are coming. More family is coming. More friends are coming. More blessings are coming. Listen to me carefully. I'm going to say it again. You are going to be persecuted. But do not give your personal power away to make you uh, make you feel as if something is wrong with you. You are cursed. That's what the devil wants you to feel. But in the midst of the persecution, call up your banker and say, get ready. There's a transfer that's coming. Call up your lawyer. Tell him, get ready. Get the pan out. Meet me because there's some lands that are going to be transferred. Are you hearing me? He said, it's going to come, but it's going to come with persecution. He said, in the world to come, eternal life. The Joseph principle operates when it comes to the Beatitudes. Genesis 50, 19 to 20. And Joseph said unto them, fear not, for I am in the place of. Of God God is pushing me into a God place, the place where God is. But as for you, you thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. I'm in the place of God. John 14, 2-3, in my father's house are many mentions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. As we read the Beatitude, it reminds me of several things. God has a place for me. God has a space for me. God has a grace for me. God has a race for me. God has a pace for me. And that I'm not forgotten. And that all things are, in fact, working together for my good. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Our Father and God, as we observe this text, it's a series of proclamations without narrative. It's the Beatitudes. We're introduced to a spiritual way of living, the kingdom lifestyle. We're introduced to a series of proclamations because when you bless something, you infuse your life into that thing. You infuse your presence and your provisions into that thing. Until that thing, that person comes into divine alignment with your original plan and purpose. We know your original plan and purpose was to bless us. You said you created us in your image and after your likeness. And you blessed them and said be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue, have dominion, work, and and live healthily, live happily, live blessed, live favored, live live privileged, live esteemed, live honored and enviable. And so, Father, we are taking these nine declarations, these nine clauses to heart. We are decreeing and declaring we are poor in spirit. Therefore, we receive your kingdom. We are declaring, Father, that we, when we mourn, we are comforted so that we, in turn, can comfort. We are blessed to be meek. We know where our blessings come from, for we made our declaration of dependence upon you and therefore, we shall inherit the earth. We are blessed because we have a hunger and a thirst after righteousness, and we're going to live a fulfilled life. And Father, we've been hurt. We've been betrayed. We've been disappointed by many individuals, especially those that feel as if, um, that feel as if they owe us. They don't always um, a, a a a sorry or an apology, and. If we have in our heart individuals that we have, un- we have unforgiveness to and we cannot show mercy to, Father, help us to forgive 70 times 7. And one day we will wake up without feeling the pain. And we sincerely would want to be a blessing to them. Father, we thank you that we are pure in heart. That no matter what we are involved in, we are motivated. Yeah by something that is pure and sincere. We don't use smoke and mirror. We don't have our hands hidden behind our back. We don't say one thing and mean another. We've got nothing but pure in spirit. Our intentions are honorable. Our motives are in alignment with your original plan and purpose. And, Father, we will see God in all things. We thank you, Father, that you're teaching us how to to be peacemakers first, to make peace with you, and then make peace with ourselves and make peace with others. And Father, we are blessed when we're persecuted for righteousness sake. Many individuals are going through because of their decision to live as Christians, and they're being persecuted. We can... um, Think of all the Christians around the world who are being sought asunder, who are being burned alive, churches being burned down, pastors not being safe. We stop here at Cindy twin ministry to pray for these individuals. We release angels to surround them, protect the men and the women of God, protect their family, feed them, meet their need. And use us, Father, to be a blessing to them. Father, we thank you that there is nothing that will separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And finally, Father, people will insult us. They will uh, persecute us. They will say all um, uh, false kinds of evil accusations against us. But you told us rejoice and be glad. Because great is your reward in heaven. We thank you now, Father that we, like Joseph, are saying that we have nothing to fear because as long as we are blessed, as long as we have these attitudes, we'll be in a place in you that though man might mean it for evil, you are going to mean it for good to bring, bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. I thank you now, Father, for what you have done and for giving us a context for living the blessed life. Now unto him who is able to do the exceeding abundantly, above all we can ask or think, as according to the power that works in us. Amen. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast.